Hello and welcome to the podcast version of Kenya's biggest conversation that's broadcast live every weekday morning from 6 to 10 a.m. on Spice FM. Hit subscribe for more thought-provoking conversations with your hosts Eric Latif, Ndu Oko and C.T. Muga and who's who of an eclectic mix of guests from the world of politics, policy, business and culture. This is a Situation Room podcast. Enjoy. Professor Makao Mutua, who was the spokesperson for the Azimiola Umoja One Kenya Alliance Coalition presidential candidate, is our guest. I'm glad to be here. Obviously, with um, two of the best in the business. I'm sorry that my friend CT is not here. I always like to jab, jab him once in a while. <laughs> yeah. You know, but it's great to see you. He's taking a break. Oh, where is he going to? Nowhere. Nowhere. People don't take a break to go oh, all the time. Take a break to break. They take, take a, a break, break to break. break. Ah, yes. I see, I see. How are you keeping, Prof? I'm doing very well. Mm. Um, I just came from uh, Nigeria. I was in Abuja. Mm. Uh, I know my sister has ancestry there. A great city. Enjoyed it very much. Mm. Yeah. How, how does it look? Does it, did you get the campaign fever when you were there? It's, uh, it's interesting because uh, what I discovered there is that because Nigeria is so complex because of the ethnic matrix, that uh, for the first time there's a possibility that an Igbo could become president. For the second time, Namdi Azikiwe was the first president of Nigeria. Oh, I see, I see, I see. <laughs> and he was Igbo. Yes, but didn't last long, right? No, he didn't. Yes. Mm-hmm. So there's a likelihood that... Uh, there's a likelihood. Yeah. Uh, you know, otherwise, uh, you know, the gentleman from the north uh, might might get it. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Which would upset the apocart. Because yeah. Buhari is also It'll be two there. northerners back to back. Yeah, Atiku, back to back. since military Nigeria, yes. has contested in every election yes. since... Yeah, and I think that is why people think he also has a chance, well. because people feel sorry for him, <laughs> because people think that actually Buhari did not win the election. Mm. Mm. Yes, I think uh, they had a rigged affair, <laughs> if you want to put it that way. <laughs> Back into the country. Yes, sir. Um, a lot has been happening over the last uh, couple of weeks. We've been seeing the Azimio Brigade you know, holding rallies on Sundays. We have decided that on this show we call them concerts because it's a Sunday afternoon of pure high-octane entertainment, 6 p.m., everybody go back home, back to your usual problems. Monday, you wake up to your usual life until next weekend. Mm. So yesterday, there was one in Kibera. Did you attend it? Yes, of course, but uh, Eric... Mm -hmm. uh, if you permit me, we will go on, and you'll you'll, yeah. you'll you'll the permission has has been granted. Yes, but bring it bring out bring out your issues later. Yes, no, no. no. You attended I, yesterday's I'm rally. Bringing, yeah, I did, but I'm not bringing out an issue right now. <laughs> I just want to correct you. Yes. It is not a concert. Yeah. What is it? It's a serious political affair. Yeah. Uh, a concert suggests uh, some form of entertainment, um, some kind of uh, jamboree, mm. um, with people uh, not being very serious. Uh, I think if you've been to any of our rallies uh, over the last um, three weeks, we've had three. Mm. We went Kamukunchi first, and then of course we went to um, to Jakaranda, and yesterday we went to Kibera. Yep. They are very, very serious affairs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Serious political affairs. To be sure, high octane. Yeah. Yeah. High octane. Very serious political, political rallies. Affairs, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So, so I hope that going forward, you cancel the, the, the. We will establish that by the, the end of the show. Concert, yes. So yesterday's message. Yes. What was yesterday's message to the people? We have one message 
um, to the country. And the message is that um, Azimio does not accept and does not uh, recognize the election or the announcement by Mr. Chabukati and the subsequent um, stamping of that election by the, the Kenyan Supreme Court. Uh, we regard him as wholly illegitimate and we regard his government as illegitimate and we are asking Kenyans uh, to contemplate what should be done to correct this uh, situation. Have you yourselves contemplated what should be done? Once you make a pronouncement, a determination, such as the one that uh, Azimio has made, mm. that uh, the regime, I won't call it government, I'll call it a regime, the regime in power is illegitimate. Mm and is there uh, through the usurpation of the sovereign will of the Kenyan people, uh, through the manipulation and the corruption of the institutions of democracy. Um, once we make that determination, it's our responsibility to ask Kenyans to press this regime to leave office. Okay. The illegitimacy mm. that you speak of, Yes. what fuels the sentiment? The, I think all of us were here during the election. And I think all of us can agree that the campaign period was conducted, you know, mostly with decorum uh, and I think within the bounds uh, of the law. Mm -hmm. um, I think, however, what uh, we had a problem with was um, the transmission and the telling of the results. Mm -hmm. That is what we contested in the Supreme Court. We also contested the way in which um, the IBC arrived at the determination mm -hmm. that Mr. Ruto was the winner of the election. Mm. And um, I just want to say parenthetically that, uh, you know, prior to the balloting itself, I think it was clear to us and I think clear to the country. And I, of course, I came to this show many times and we had conversations with, with, with both of you and CT uh, that we were winning this election going away. Mm. Unequivocally so. Unequivocally so. Yeah. And I don't think there was any sober mind in the country. Any sober mind in the country. And I'm looking at Latif now when I say this, hmm. Eric. Uh, any sober mind in the country that thought that Azimio would not win this election. Um, if you look at the ethnic uh, sort of matrix along which Kenya conducts its elections for the most part, uh, since 1963 we've seen these patterns. Uh, the only conceivable place in our view, that uh, Uda and Mr. Ruto could have beat Azimio was in the Rift Valley. Mm. We could not see any other place where he could beat us, and in fact, he did not. Mm. And so I think this was the accepted wisdom. I think opinion polls showed that. I think exit polls showed that. And of course, um, uh, you know, I don't know whether I should go into this, um, but um, after the election, we did our own research. We've been uh, looking at data, uh, sifting through it, and trying to establish what exactly happened. We came to the conclusion ourselves that there was no conceivable way we could have lost the election. And then, of course, lo and behold, uh, a whistleblower comes out with data that I think we find very credible. Okay. You must understand or I mean, you must appreciate, you know, the complexity of all of this and the layers then that people have to pull back. Mm -hmm. So the question is, mm -hmm. and, and speaking to you, I think helps mm -hmm. here, mm -hmm. because then one would hope that you would look at this regardless of where your, you know, political affiliations lie. Correct. To say that you would be objective in this matter mm -hmm. and then ask the question, is this agitation because Rilo Dinga did not win the election? Or is this agitation because truly there is a seeking for the political processes 
in this country mm. than to be made right? Yeah, so, I mean, I think it's a good, very good question. And uh, <clears throat> obviously, you know that I was a partisan in the election. Mm. Um, but also, I'm a Kenyan. Uh, and um, I like to think of, of myself as a thinker and as a person who loves this country. Mm. And so, uh, my partisanship must be seen in that context. I would not participate in an activity that I did not believe was founded in fact and in law. I would not do it. At the same time, I would not um, fail to participate in an activity that I thought could advance this country. Hmm. We know for a fact that um, in this country's history, and I think I said this last time I was here, only two elections have been free and fair, uh, reflected the will of the people of this country. That was the election that brought Kenya independence in 63 and the election of 2002. I think any objective person who studies elections understands that uh, all the other elections have been compromised affairs, either rigged, comical, or sham. Uh, yeah, choose, you know, choose your word. Mm. So we are not living in a country that has hygiene in its electoral systems. And we are not living in a country in which power is generally gotten through a proper ballot. You know, Mr. Odinga has run many times. Mm -hmm. I think um, you, you mentioned this yourself, uh, and, and, and correctly so. We know that several of those elections in which he ran were taken from him. I think uh, 2007, I think, is really uncontested. And I think even the late uh, President Kibaki himself admitted that he did not win that election. <laughs> did he? Yes, he did privately. He did to, to, to many people, especially after the uh, rapprochement with Mr. Odinga. I think in 2017, uh, the Supreme Court itself, uh, the same Supreme Court, said that um, uh, the election was illegal and irregular and struck it down. And so those are two instances that, you know, in, my, in my view, are incontestable. Mm -hmm. So when you look at that situation and you understand that the most sacred duty in a country is to choose its leadership and that the institutions of government that are charged with that responsibility must do so. Mm -hmm. If you know that this is what is happening, and that the leaders, for the most part, who have been leading us have been usurpers. And you discover that that's a fact in the 2022 elections. What's your responsibility to the country? Mm. And I say to you, to both of you, that our responsibility is to work as hard as we can, within the bounds of the law, obviously, and peacefully, mm. to make sure that uh, we change this situation. Would it be the same sentiment if Rilo Dinga had won? In 2007, in 2013, mm. 2000, would you speak this man in this way mm. if he had won the election? Would there be such a need to mm. change the electoral process or system in this country if he had won? Well, I mean, I think that uh, if obviously if Mr. Odinga would have won fairly uh, and freely in a, in, a, in a ballot that was, uh, you know, legal, there, there, there's no question that I, I would accept that result, of course. I think that uh, what we are saying here is that whenever an election takes place and it, it's either distorted or rigged or compromised, it's incumbent upon us to, um, to object to that election. Um, Mr. Odinga has run as an outsider, uh, as you know, uh, in the previous elections. And so, if an outsider was to win an election, mm. I think uh, you can... What, what qualifies as an outsider, Prof? He was in the opposition. Was he? He was... In uh, 2013 election, Mr. Odinga was running in that election as an incumbent. 
no, no, he no. was a co-president of the Republic of Kenya. No, 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 no. The no. person who was holding the sword as the president mm. was an exiting head of state. Mr. Odinga was a sitting prime minister with executive powers in this country. No, no, he no, was no. an incumbent prof. No, no. I think um, we we can we can kind of split the difference. I I I will split the difference with him. Okay. Okay. So he was running as a former uh, prime minister. He was running as that. He was running as a sitting prime minister. Yeah, but, yeah, His but, running mate was a sitting vice president. No, I understand all of that. But what I'm trying to say to you is that if you know the arrangement that made Mr. Odinga uh, the prime minister, you know that it was an, accom an accommodation that was made uh, following that violence. And you know that executive power lay within Mr. Kibaki's hands. And you also know that um, Mr. Odinga's um, opponent was supported by the system. You know that in 2013. Which system? The state. Okay. Yeah, the state. So so Mr. Odinga did not get the support of the state in that election in 2013, although he was running... So that qualifies him as an outsider because... It qualifies him as an outsider. He was not outsider. getting yes, the because, state support. Yeah, because ODM was still uh, an opposition political party. Okay. Okay. It is to say that... Um, and I think I made this point when CT was here last time, to say that this country has two political orientations. Uh, throughout its history. There, are, there is the left of center and there is the right of center. And if you look at um, the structure of the state and its ideology, um, and I think this is true of many African countries, including uh, your beloved Nigeria, mm. our beloved Nigeria, I should say, is a part mm. of our continent. Welcome. Um, you know, that the, the, the right of center tends to capture power in this country. The left has really never, the left of center has not very, never really captured power in this country. They have always been outsiders. And I think that Mr. Odinga's father, uh, Jeromogi Oginga Odinga, was the, for a long time the personification, the embodiment, the physical embodiment of, of the left of center uh, political, you know, orientation in this country. His son, uh, Raila Odinga, is now occupies that, that space. The closest the left of center has ever come to power is two instances in this country. Number one, when, when Mr. Odinga was Prime Minister, I grant you that. And number two, when Mr. Willy Mutunga uh, was Chief Justice. Those are the only two significant uh, people from the left of centre who mm. have ever uh, encroached uh, into the state uh, in this country. <laughs> so so, so, so I'm, I'm just, I'm, it's a long explanation to simply say that he, that, uh, that he was an outsider, was in, an 20, outsider. in 2013. E exactly. Okay, so yeah. two left of center people were in power. and uh, Partially in power. <laughs> then in 20, so in 2022, was he, did he have the system with him? In 2022, it's a very, very complex uh, question that we are asking. Um, and I think you know some of these facts uh, you know uh, are, you know are coming out now uh, uh, with uh, the benefit of hindsight what we call 2020 um, i i think you read my column uh, in one of the in, in the nation yep. on sundays i have i've i used to write quite a bit on the split between uh, uh, mr kenyatta and and mr ruto and if you remember, and if you go back and read those, I, on many occasions I asked questions about this split uh, between these two gentlemen. And the question was always this, that in that split, who has gone away with the biggest chunk of the state? And in fact, I, I, I didn't say just biggest chunk of the I said the most lethal, the biggest and the most lethal, lethal. chunk of the state. Mm. 
I think what we know now is that Mr. Ruto really superintended and controlled the biggest chunk of the state and the most lethal elements of the state. I think uh, it's fair to say that, um, you know, Mr. Kenyatta, for reasons that uh, historians will debate into, you know, the sands of time, mm. Mr. Kenyatta was betrayed by a lot of people around him. Okay. Yeah. So I would say, to answer your question, I would say that I would, I would, although Mr. Kenyatta, you know, supported Mr. Odinga's candidacy, I would say that, um, you know, he did not have the machinery of the state. The system was not with Mr. Kenyatta. It was not. In, in that support. It was not. Now, because you had raised those questions, it means that you kept, even as you were working in the inner circles of Azimio, yes. you kept asking yourself this. Mm. Yes. You met with the president many times when he was meeting with Raila. You were having conversations with your candidate, Raila Odinga. Mm. At that point, say by the end of July 2022, mm. did you see the system? not with you well i think that or did um, you see the system i, with I think you? that so so let me explain one thing so um uh, the word system is not not, not oxymoronic mm. but it's a it, it's a term that is a little confusing to many people because it sounds like there's a system sitting somewhere waiting to pounce uh, there's nothing like that what i would say that there are two institutions that i think were important mm. i think the iebc uh, clearly is a was a very important central part of the conduct of the election and obviously uh, on the back end of it uh, the determination by the supreme court of that election mm. what i would say is that um, the machinery of the iebc and its infrastructure was in, a, in the hands of mr ruto and i think that um, the actual powers that be within the iebc working with other fractions of the state and I will just use the word fractions. I'm, mm. I'm not talking uh, in tongues here. I'm just talking, uh, speaking English. <laughs> but 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 uh, <laughs> working with other fractions of the state, mm. I think uh, were able to compromise the election. And yet, this IEBC, mm. the Hanshik brothers, mm. had actually participated in amending the law mm. on the selection panel and uh, appointment of members to the IEBC. True, had actually they have not even rejected the claim mm. that they controlled the process of getting the four people, mm. the four new people into the IEBC. Yes, yes. So the Cherera four, the majority of the commissioners in the IEBC, mm. were actually picked through a system that was controlled by the Handshake Brothers. I think that... But then uh, you tell us I think, that mm. the IEBC machinery they were not able to get into the IABC machinery and control it? No, not really control it as such. Just make sure that it conducts a fair election. What did those four do? I mean, if you took in those four so, into the commission. So, 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 so I, can, I can explain a, li a little bit here, yeah. if, you, if you permit me. I think that um, if you study institutions and how they function, and how they are sort of structured and how they function, they, they are always power centers in, in institutions. So what you see may not be what is there. You may see something, mm. but, but, but then what is there could be something else. I think I can speak without equivocation and say that uh, the four new commissioners never really got seated at the IEBC, never really got entrenched, never really exercised an authority, did not have real knowledge and we're not permitted to have real knowledge of that system, which is Byzantine. It's a very, very <laughs> Byzantine, uh, you know. Uh, it, it's, 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 a, it's a dark institution inside. 
Uh, it was the heart of um, some of the most uh, bizarre sort of uh, human impulses. Of which Mr. Rilo Dinger had no knowledge of. This Byzantine no, no, system no, no, that you call no, no, it. No, no, of course, of course. And the president. No, no, of course, of course we did. Mm. And, and that's why we participated in the, in the reconstitution. But, you know, you can reconstitute something and still not actually uh, be able to make it work the way it's supposed to work. So if you, for example, I'll tell you something yeah, that is interesting. And, and but but which won't surprise you, uh, Miss Commissioner Justice Nyangaya mm. was a commissioner in charge of IT. Yep. Okay. We should not surprise you that Mr. Nyangaya had no access at all to the IT infrastructure of that organization. He just didn't. It, you know, it, it won't surprise you, for example, that when 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 ballots were being procured uh, from uh, the Greek company, uh, that the that the four commissioners, at least the four commissioners had no knowledge of it. The ballots just appeared at JKIA and uh, I think you, the press people uh, ran there to go and see the ballots and there was a very stormy meeting. I'm sure you have heard about this because mm. you're in the business of, of finding out what happens behind closed doors. Mm. There was a very stormy meeting in which the commissioners, you know, really fought each other and uh, they came out, Mr. Chebukati came out and said that we have agreed there's no problem. You know, at that point, I would have expected the four commissioners to say, no, it is not okay, you know, for whatever reason that, mm. that there was. They went along. Um, in the final phases of that election, and this is not disputed actually by anyone, mm. Mr. Chabukati came with uh, a sheet of paper with numbers on it and put those, the, you know, those numbers in front of the, in front of, uh, the, 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 the plenary of the commission, uh, the, the seven, and said, these are the results. Uh, and that uh, he and uh, his CEO, Marajan Marajan, uh, had, you know, had tallied uh, the results mm. working with the staff of the commission. The commission is the seven. Now, as you all know, uh, Mr. Chebukati proceeded to walk out there in that hall in a shambolic exercise that I think will remain the shame of this country because it's a very big, big, big stain and conducted an illegal proceeding at Boma. This is the Situation Room. The only way to start your day. The conversation continues. The Situation Room on Spice FM, on KTN and online. Our guest is Professor Makao Mutua, distinguished law professor and advocate for human rights and democracy in this country for very many years and even across the globe and across Africa. We are talking about what we've been seeing now, you say, three successive rallies every Sunday from with Sorry, Kamkunji, Kamkunji into Jakaranda and into Kibera yesterday. Yes. And they said your message is one. Yes. You do not recognize this government as being legitimately in office. Yeah. And so you're having a conversation with Kenyans. To do uh, what? We're, we're having a conversation on that particular question, mm. that, that being sort of uh, the overarching um, message. Mm. But we are also uh, highlighting uh, the failures of this regime, mm. uh, in particular on questions of um, uh, kitchen table issues mm -hmm. um, or issues of the cost of living, mm -hmm. whether we're talking about uh, transportation and the cost of fuel, whether we're talking about uh, food, um, and, and of course the question of taxes, uh, which, which, uh, which appear to, to have escalated uh, to a large extent. Uh, we are talking about the kind of general hunger and I think depression and trauma that the country now finds itself in, essentially five to six months uh, after Mr. Ruto was declared the winner. Mm -hmm. We are saying that um, there's an utter failure 
of the regime to respond to the challenges that this country faces. Okay. Uh, but uh, let me uh, do something here and, uh, you know, sort of demonstrate my mood by putting on my... Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, really? Yeah. Is that it? I, I, I'm go uh, this is my mood uh, right We've now. We've crossed over into Uganda now. Oh, uh, here we go. Okay. <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this, this is it. This is, <laughs> this is, no, no, no. This was given to me mm. yesterday at, um, at Kibera. Uh, by a new movement. What's written on it? It's uh, it's MDD, mm. the Movement for the Defense of Democracy. Movement okay. for the Defense of yeah, Democracy. MDD. I was very shocked myself, uh, you know, when I saw it, and and I thought um, I thought that this is what uh, citizens do when they are under siege by a state. They begin to protest. And so this is one symbol of that protest. I thought I would just uh, put so, it on so that you can. Uh, now you can have you, it on. You you keep, it, keep it, keep it, on by all means, Prof. No, I mean, okay. It, it's uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So the message here is: there is the high cost of living, the challenges that Kenyans are facing on a daily basis. Correct. And then there is the other one of let's install a government by the people a government of the people by the people and for the people how do we install this government of the people by the people yeah so i think um you've you've been watching the rallies yes right um i can tell you and i I've call been, them concerts but let's go with uh, rally. And, and and i have been i've been a big big um, observer of these political events not yeah. just in this country but uh, throughout the globe when you see the kind of energy when you hear the voices of the people at these rallies, uh, when you listen to them and when you look at their body language, mm. you know that something is fundamentally wrong in this country and mm. that people want to correct it. Uh, I'll tell you, after Jacaranda, when we finished, we were riding um, out of the place and I was riding with uh, Baba uh, in his car. You know, people ran with us mm. or alongside us uh, for several miles and i'm talking about common people mm. these were people um you know market women these were hawkers these were cobblers these were just common common folk mm -hmm. the heat was searing and they ran alongside us throughout mm. shouting at the top of their voices saying that ruto must go okay when you see that kind of energy then you know the people of this country are willing to reclaim their victory and to take their country back. Yesterday at um, Kibera, they kept on asking uh, us, when are you going to you know, allow us to go to State House uh, to, to take over this country? That is not up to us to, to decide. What's that, your answer? Those are issues that... Let the, let the people decide? The people will decide. Well, if the people know, decide to go to State House tomorrow, you'll be okay with it? Of course I'll be okay with it. Because, the, because there is no power above the sovereignty of the people in any country. Mm. There is not. Uh, you saw what happened in Sri Lanka. Yeah. Um, you know, um, I would not call that, um, you know, uh, an affair that is outside the realm of history. That yeah. is a historical development yeah. there. There is nothing to say that that could not happen in Kenya. You know, so all I can say to you is this. We've asked our people to be peaceful and to act within the bounds of the law, to demonstrate, uh, to lay siege on a public establishment is a constitutional right mm. of anyone. Yeah. People can come and uh, lay siege on any, any building in this country. You know, as, if people decide to do that, so be it. Okay? So I just wanted to... So to where do you draw the line, Prof? Yes. Between mm. what you call laying siege as a democratic right of people expressing themselves... Yes. 
and what you'd call laying siege in other jurisdictions mm. where it's called an insurrection an attack on democracy Raila Odinga tweeted on the 9th of January this year mm. the attack on democracy and peaceful transfer of power in Brazil mm. is deeply troubling and it saddens me mm. we support uh, Lula da Silva and all who believe in the power of democracy and Brazil's democratic institutions mm. and its people mm. we must defend the values that underpin our societies mm. Professor Makao Mutua tweeted mm. on the 3rd of February 2021 Kenyan need to remember that of the three branches of government it was largely the independent judiciary that stopped Donald Trump from stealing and overturning the US election correct where do we draw the line well, between so, the people of America expressing themselves and pouring into the institutions mm. that they feel represent what they want to talk about yeah, the people so, of Brazil doing the same the people of Sri Lanka doing the same and the people of Kenya doing the same yeah you, you know um, i think this could be confusing to people but you know apples and oranges and pears are different things they're fruits they're, yeah but they are, but they are different kinds of fruits they are uh, and and some of them you could be allergic to them to some and not the others mm. uh, let me say that uh, in the case of the united states and i was there when uh, th- when this was uh, unfolding and i saw people you know climbing up on the capitol and so on mr trump had lost the election and there was no question that he had lost the election Th- that mob essentially of white uh, fascists and racists uh, who you know who formed the base of of uh, mr trump's political movement uh, could not contemplate um, you know a democrat in power and especially one whose um, main base of support uh, was african american you know so we know that Mm-hmm. that is what was happening there's a racist coup attempt okay uh, in the case of um, brazil uh, uh, brazil bolsonaro is a similar you know uh, apple to to mr trump he lost the election and he lost fairly uh, to mr lula and i don't think there was any question about it mm. you know so there's no inconsistency uh, in, in us condemning the the breach of government institutions in in the united states and the breach of government institutions in brazil here in this you know in Sri Lanka you know and, and of course there is Sri Lanka yeah. where the people decide we're going to go and um, you know evict these people from from state the state house and of course we we support that you know because uh, it was clear that it's a people's movement mm-hmm. you know um unhappy with a regime that had failed to deliver okay um in the case of Kenya again we are saying that and it is not every opposition to an election that is illegitimate or legitimate you have to look at the context okay okay that's why we 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 discard you know we don't support lula i mean we don't support uh, bolsonaro we don't support trump mm. because those are basically cool makers okay against democracy in the case of kenya and and, and racist cool makers of that in the case of kenya the we have an election that was stolen and we have we have figures that demonstrate that figures that have by the way have not been controverted by anyone the whistleblower figures have not been have they been formally presented to any institution that would, would of officially controvert those issues but 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 but, but by the, the nature, systems that you've set no but the by the nature by the nature of whistleblowing mm-hmm. you know whistleblowers come forward and you know provide information okay my understanding is that the IEBC has been conducting interviews with staff members putting them under the gun uh, asking them to, to disclose uh, you know who leaked this information and this is i have that i have that on good authority okay yes we have that information who would controvert what this whistleblower is saying 
It is the IABC. The IABC itself, the official IABC itself, Mr. Marjan, because he's still there, although the com most of the commissioners have left, he can come out and say this data is, is not, is not, is not uh, authentic. Where I, would he have come into contact with this data? Has anybody presented this he, he evidence had, to him? He has has your leader gone to IABC and said, we have received information from a whistleblower? No, no, the data, the, look, look, look Eric, the data is not ours. The data belongs to a whistleblower, okay? The data is on a website somewhere, hosted there. If Mr. Ruto himself has been uh, saying that uh, he won the election, if this data was not authentic, Eric, let me ask you this question. Yeah. Okay. And you know the Uda folks, uh, the likes of Denis Zutumbi, I mean Nasser Abdullah and others, you know, the, the kind of, uh, you know, Udu dog whistling mm -hmm. for, for Uda. If this data was not authentic, they would have attacked the data, by the way. They would have said, this is our data, you know. Don't forget Eric, and this is a very important point, and my sister here. Mm. Listen, do not forget that we have never seen the JPEGs images uh, of Form uh, 34As or Form 34Bs. We have never seen them. On this website, those forms are there. Yeah? Okay, we want the, I the only way the IABC can contradict those numbers mm. and figures and forms is to produce their own JPEGs. And they have refused to do so. They refuse to but open Is that what the next action ought to be? Because here we are, and we must understand the potential danger that this poses, mm. right? Mm. Here we are saying that it's possible. Mm. I mean, according to the Azimio side, it's unequivocal mm. that this is the state yes. of things. Yes. In the minds of other people, there's the possibility then that starts to play in the minds of people that, okay, is it possible to happen? Now, for me, that's dangerous. What? What now? What is dangerous? That the possibility is playing around in the minds of somebody. That? That it's possible mm. that an election was stolen. It, All right? It, it's not only possible, it is probable okay. and, that, and happened. That, be, that, <laughs> be that as be, it may. Yes, unproven. Yes. Unproven. Be that as it may, mm. it is unproven. And that is where the danger lies. That you cannot have this idea floating around the atmosphere of still a heavily politically charged country. Mm. And there is no grounding of this information. Who, who, and now this is the thing. Mm. I know the question you're about to ask. Mm. With who then rise, lies the responsibility mm. of proving this? But he who alleges proves. Mm. If you have said that this is the case, and it could be a whistleblower, that's fine. Mm -hmm. But then whose responsibility then is it to say, can X entity then prove, prove. this? Do we petition? Who do you petition? Can it take on a different form? Mm. So, so Can look, it take on a different form yeah, to yeah, and say actually this? Yeah, no, no. I, 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 I love the question. I love the question. And let me, let me say this because I love the question. I'll say this. Um, the there is no institution in Kenya currently constituted uh, that can lay to rest this question. Uh, the IABC will not produce authentic forms, mm. which I've just said. Mm -hmm. uh, they are discredited, as you know. And now, as you know, Mr. Ruto wants to, to reconstitute it and make an IABC. He's that, undoing what he people did in 2016. No, 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 he's, no, 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 he's, he's, he's trying to pick his own commission. <laughs> like so that you they, did in so that, so that there is no election in 2027. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, so, so the IABC cannot, can, cannot correct itself and cannot prove anything. Mm -hmm. huh? So there is no institution currently in the country that can do that. Okay. Okay. Is that, so what we have said. Is that the institution why? that should? It's, it's uh, what, because what, what the question here is. One thing that they could do is this: if eh? somebody mm. out of nowhere mm. 
goes onto some websites mm. and claims that they work for the IEBC mm. and this is what has happened and these are the figures yes, yes. whose responsibility is it mm. legally mm. and constitutionally mm. to actually deal with that it is the responsibility of the IEBC to come and say that uh, those figures that, that have been posted there are fake and this is why that's their responsibility they have not done that you see which begs the question why have they not done that? Because those figures are authentic. How do uh, you know they are authentic? Because they have not been controverted. They have not been controverted. They and the controverting not. here is just the IEBC coming out to say, the IBC forget the rumors. No, no. Producing data that is authentic in the form in which it should be Is that produced. what we expect the commission to be doing every time? If there were 10 different people who claim to be whistleblowers, faces hidden, nobody knows their real identity, are some go, somebody goes there and says actually it's Wajakoya who won the election but no, but somebody but else goes and no. says actually it's Raila who won the election somebody else goes and says actually Ruto did not even win this election with that margin that you say he won the election by 10 million votes all those things every time that, that something happens IBC must come out to respond no no Eric the hypothetical um, is not a proper one because now you are throwing spaghetti on the wall no I am some, looking at all that, candidates and, and there's a possibility that somebody could come out and claim that actually Wajakoya's votes were but, but, uh, what, what, what suppressed but you see no one has done that you know let, let, let's let's stick with uh, with what is real no one has done that the person who has said that his victory was stolen was Raila Odinga let's do it that's a fact he has said that yes the f it's also a fact that there are some numbers on a website somewhere which say if for example someone comes and says that um, you guys have been swindling uh, uh, you know, spice standard group. Yeah, standard group. Mm. If someone can and and, and 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 post that information there, what do you think the standard group will do? The standard group will come and say, "Oh, What's let us conduct. Let's conduct an internal investigation to see mm. if Eric and do. I, I, you know, I've done, I've done that. Okay. Okay. And and then tell the people that this is not correct. Okay. Okay. They so you've so far confirmed to us here yes. that you have information that the IBC is doing exactly that no the IBC is not doing that what the IBC is trying to do is to conduct a witch hunt to find the leaker of the information also that's what a different you're question saying is that they're asking the people who went out and told they the are truth. completely they, 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 they are, in fact they are in a panic mm. mode they have completely panicked mm. they, 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 they do not know where, where who, who leaked the data where it came from they cannot find the whistleblower mm. They are panicked and I urge you, I urge you and the press in Kenya to ask them these questions because they are hounding out their own people in the office. We have information that is clear. If, if, uh, you know, the, if, the, whistleblower, if the whistleblower had come out to say that actually mm. William Ruto's votes were 10 million, mm. what would Raila Odinga be saying today? We, what we would say, we would ask that, uh, Rail, that Ruto has now cooked no, 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 a whistleblower. No, we would ask uh, the commission to, to 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 either authenticate, dispute, or confirm those numbers. We would, Eric. We would. I mean, I am being very honest with you. You cannot. It would be the height of responsibility, bordering on treason, for such information to come out. And for you as a commission responsible con for conducting elections, to, to not, not to clear the air on that question. It's irresponsible. Besides, do not forget, Eric, that the commission had seven members. Do you, you remember that? Yep. There's a reason. There's a reason why that constitutional design is there in the Supreme Court. In the, you know, in all Supreme Courts of the world, in electoral bodies, the numbers the numbers are five, seven, nine, eleven, whatever. Yep. Odd numbers. Yep. So that the majority can can rule the day. 
where on earth, Eric? I mean, you know, you got to give me this one. Who give me this one. Where, where on, on earth, earth can four people be overridden by three? Where I got on a, earth. Okay. The question is, and I know we're running down the clock, okay. but who would then be in a position to compel the IEBC mm. to, to then clear the air? Because if I take you to court today mm. and I say, one, two, three, Prof did this, mm. the court will say, okay, you have a right of reply. Mm. When, the court would compel you to, to come do and that. answer. To, yeah. Who compels the IEBC in this case? In a, civil, in a civilized country where the, the rule of law works, that would happen. In this particular case, when institutions of democracy fail to function, then the people take the power in their own hands. So you're saying that the courts have also failed? They have failed. They have failed. There's no question about it. And, and, and that's not breaking news, Eric. It is not breaking news. Oh, no, it is. No, no, it is not breaking news. Uh, we, we all know the that the court system you know, in the country this, is not working. These words, I've heard these words from many other people. All right. Some of them are lawyers. But mm. Professor Makao Mutua, you are not just any other lawyer. Yes. All right. Mm. Let's go into the news. When you come back out of this, I'll say exactly why. When you say that, it's breaking news to me. How about that? You made it to the end of today's podcast. You clearly ooze stamina. Guess what? Just hit subscribe at Standard Media Podcast, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts from. Our podcasts drop daily. From me and the team, catch you next time. Bye-bye.